On this episode of This is Game Boy Light, Lex made me do this. Everybody, welcome back to a brand new episode of This Is a Game Boy Light. Sorry, everybody who uh, sorry everybody who was expecting this to be the Beavis and Butthead episode, uh, but due to some scheduling uh, differences, I guess um, we just decided to do another light episode before we dive into the Beavis and Butthead episode, especially because. It will be our 100th official episode that we have been doing. So not counting the... Not the pilot episode, the one before the episode zero. Um, we have been doing this for 100 episodes. Of course, including light episodes. So uh, all of them. So yeah, we're going to try and do something a little bit more special for that one. We're still setting that up. Hopefully everything will go well for it. Mostly it will be for the live version, uh, so there won't be a big difference when it comes to the recording, um, but yeah, the, the live version with the video should be a little bit more special if we can manage to do it, but uh, you'll see that when it comes out. Um, anyways, like always, uh, let's take a look at what I've been up to, which is honestly not that much. Um, when it comes to gaming at least. So I have been playing Pokemon Black 2 for portable pleasure because it's the 500 game that I'm doing for my challenge and I always play some Pokemon uh, when I get to a 100 episode. So I've been going through that game. I think I'm about two-thirds of the way through the game, probably something like that. Uh, I'm having fun like always. It's always fun to just play some chill Pokemon games. Um, I've also still been playing that Stranding. Uh, I'm getting closer to the end. After that there will still be a lot of cleanup to do for sure. Uh, but yeah, that's my chill game. I only play it for like four hours a week max, so it's going rather slow. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm still having fun with it. I still have no idea what's going on with it. Uh, I don't think... I'll ever understand what's going on, to be honest. Uh, and apparently there's going to be a Death Stranding too. Uh, Norman Reed has just hinted towards that on his Twitter or something, I believe. So, uh, yeah, more crazy Kojima to look forward to in the future. Uh, that's probably going to be a PS5 exclusive, I would, uh, I would think. So, yeah, I don't even have a PS5, so maybe by then I'll have one. Who knows? Maybe there's actually good games on PS5 by then. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm not getting it anyways. Um, I've also played a few games on my Steam account. One called Dead Estate, which is a um, isometric... Yeah, iso yeah, it is isometric, yep. Uh, it's, it's like an isometric uh, roguelike where you shoot stuff in a haunted mansion like it has hints towards like resident evil one plot but it's something completely different uh but yeah that's a fun game i did manage to beat it with a good ending or the true ending um but now it's just like 
play with this character, play with that character, unlock stuff, yada, yada, yada. You know how it goes when it comes to games like that. So I don't think I will complete it, but I do like picking it up from time to time and play an hour or something like that. Uh, it's a fun game, check it out. It has very cool uh, graphics and it plays rather fun. Uh, even though the shooting, like the aiming, is, is a little bit weird in an isometric game, but uh, yeah, it all, it all works out pretty easily, so uh, it, it's a fun game. Um, I've also played Lost Runes, which is a Metroid-like game. Yep, I'm still not gonna say the term. Nope, I refuse. Uh, it's a little bit different than most of them, as the combat in this is like very slow on purpose, because you're playing as like... Uh, high school girl, so she doesn't really have any combat skills. Um, so yeah, every fight or, or every enemy encounter takes a little bit more time than you're used to in like a fast-paced Metroid-like game. Uh, but yeah, after a while you start learning how everything works and uh, once you pick up two items, uh, I'm not gonna spoil it for anybody who wants it right, uh, but there's like two items that kind of break the game, even though it's still hard, but it makes it a lot easier for you to deal with enemies. Uh, so yeah, it, it makes the, the experience a little bit more uh, or less challenging, uh, but otherwise it's, it's pretty hard depending on how you uh, yeah try to play the games. Especially the boss fights are uh, not that easy, because you can only take like three or four hits before you die. But yeah, it's hard to explain, you you just have to check it out yourself. Uh, but yeah, it's a pretty short one, but it just feels longer because <laughs> you will probably die a lot. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much all I've been playing. Like I said, I haven't been, uh, been doing much when it comes to that. I have been doing the raffles on RGLTV. Uh, seen some very cool games yesterday that I never played before. Uh, we'll have to dive into some of them on my own time, I guess, uh, sometime and see if I can beat them. But yeah, there, there were a few fun ones, uh, but I'll get back to those when I actually beat those games. So yeah, that's what I've been up to. So let's dive into this week's or this, I always say this week's, <laughs> game, but it's not weekly. Uh, just this episode's game, uh, which was suggested to me by Lex, actually. Because, uh, yeah, th this wasn't planned to be a light, so I didn't have any plans on my own to do something. Uh, but she wanted me to review a little game that probably nobody knows, called Un Indien dans la Ville, or Little Indian in the Big City if you want the English title, even though it never came out outside of Europe. So yeah, have a listen to one of the tracks of this game. And after that, I'll be back with more information about Un Indien dans la Ville.
And welcome back everybody. Let's go, let's dive into Un Indien dans la Ville, which of course is French. Literally for little Indian in the big city, just, just so you know. Um, so this game came out in Europe only in 1995 and it was developed by Titus Interactive and also published by Titus Interactive in cooperation with uh, TF1, which is... Uh, Television Française 1, the main uh, French television company, basically. They, they do a lot of stuff. They produce uh, movies uh, and radio programs and things like that. So, uh, yeah, they, they do a lot of stuff. But it's, it's the main television company in uh, France. And, of course, uh, this game is based on a movie that was... Uh, produced by TF1, uh, but they worked together with Titus Interactive to make this game. Um, Titus Interactive is a French company, or was a French company, I should say. Uh, they were just known as Titus France uh, until March 1999, and then they transformed into Titus Interactive because they did more stuff, like they had a Japan branch and they, they had some other stuff going on, so... It became Titus Interactive. It's probably pronounced Titus because it is French, uh, but everybody knows it as Titus. Um, the company went bankrupt in 2004. Uh, well, they, they filed for bankruptcy in 2004 and they got defunct in 2005 with a 33 million uh, euros. That is million debt. Um, that's uh, around 44 million US dollars, if you want to know. Uh, so yeah, they, they sadly went, well, sa I, I, maybe not sadly, but uh, they went bankrupt. And everybody who knows the games made by Titus probably understands why they went bankrupt. Uh, but they do have some good titles in general that at least people know. Um, yeah, good. Take that with a grain of salt, of course. But uh, they are known for Dick Tracy, for example, on NES. Um, of course, the game we're going to talk about today. We'll get back to that. Uh, they made the Blues Brothers game, Prehistoric... I think it's Prehistoric Man, right? Yeah, that's Prehistoric Man, but it's known as Prehistoric. Uh, they, of course, made their <laughs> titular title, Titus the Fox, uh, with their company's... Uh, Mascot, basically, Titus the Fox. Um, on Game Boy, you also have Monster Max, which is actually a really good game. Uh, it's it's one of the few that definitely jumps out from their library. Um, they also got Incredible Crisis for, um, for PS1, but they just produced that. They did not uh, develop that game because it was a Japanese game, but that's a really cool PS1 game you should check out. But one of their most famous games would be Superman for Nintendo 64. Um, so yeah, looking at their track records, it is easy to see uh, why they eventually went bankrupt. Uh, sad for them, of course, but uh, not so sad for the gamers out there because at least you didn't see any more Titus games. All right, so uh, the composer of this game, I have no idea because it does not get 
mentioned in the credits at all. Um, it has a lot of uh, credits actually in the game, but the composer is not named. So I guess it was just an in-house uh, soundtrack that they developed. And speaking of the soundtrack, it is all right. It is not memorable, but it is all right for sure. And somehow it has a very somber undertone, uh, which is kind of weird because the movie that this is based on is a comedy. Uh, so I'm not sure why they made it so somber, but yeah, there you go. Um, and looking at the genre of this game, it is a pretty standard platformer. Uh, Titus is probably most known for very standard, mediocre platformers. Just look at Titus the Fox itself. Uh, EBC is probably going to be mad because <laughs> I'm not uh, giving high praise to uh, Titus the Fox the game, but uh, yeah, it's it's a very mediocre platform, just like this game. And this game is probably a little bit better in that regard. So let's dive into the plot of this game. And for that, I'm actually just going to be talking about the plot of the movie because... Um, yeah, there, there's no real uh, plot to the game, as far as we know. Uh, we do not have the manual for this game. If anybody has, please scan it and uh, put it, uh, like, submit it to the website so we can read it. But for now, we don't have the manual, sadly. So I'll just go by the plot of the movie and spoilers if you want to see the movie, I guess. Because I will be pretty much going over the entire movie at this point. So what is this game's plot or this movie's plot? So there's this Parisian broker named Steph who, uh, who wants to marry somebody, I forgot her name, uh, but he can't do that because he's still married to uh, a woman named Patricia who left a year after they got married, I believe. Um, he needs a signature from his wife for the divorce paper, so he is going to... Uh, go look for her, but she left 13 years ago to go live with Amazonian or Amazonan, Amazonian Indians? Look, it's a tribe in the Amazon in, I believe, close to Venezuela. So uh, he goes over there to get her divorce papers, um, but he gets stuck in the village because his uh, boat, right, uh, takes off. And he gets stuck there for two days and he learns that he actually has a son uh, who grew up uh, as one of the tribe's people. Um, she never mentioned it to her, uh, to him, uh, but she left while she was pregnant. Um, because he's a broker, he also has to do broking stuff. That is totally not how you, how you <laughs> say that. Uh, but he fails to confirm a soybean transaction. Um, they bought them for a low price and they want to sell it for a higher price. Uh, but he forgets to uh, confirm it with his partner. Um, and that will, uh, that will come into play later in the plot. Um, and meanwhile, he also promises his son, uh, who he then meets, called Mimi Siku. And yes, that stands for cat piss. Like, not, that's the joke. It stands for cat piss uh, because all the uh, inhabitants of the tribe named themselves after a while. So he named himself cat piss for some reason. Uh, but yeah, he's showing, his son is showing him the way of the jungle and he promises that he will take his son, Mimi, we'll call him, uh, to Paris as soon as he will become a man. Uh, 
like I said earlier, he's 13 years old, so his dad thinks like, oh yeah, I'm, uh, whenever he's 18 or something, I'll come get him and I'll, I'll take him back to Paris. But weirdly enough, of course, the next day, the tribe celebrates a children's festival where all children become men uh, when they reach the age of 13. So Stephen is forced to take Mimisiku back to Paris with him. Um, so they come back to Paris, all hilarity ensues, as you can imagine. Uh, but meanwhile, they're still stuck with some soybeans that they need to sell and the price keeps dropping so they cannot find a buyer for the stock until they meet up with some guy who apparently is from the Russian mafia. Um, <laughs> yep, that, that happens. Definitely. Uh, so his partner, Steven's partner, whose name I forgot. Wait, I've, I've written it down here somewhere. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Richard, his partner Richard, sells it without uh, Steven knowing about it. And they get into trouble because the price keeps dropping lower and lower. And the mob boss, of course, is not happy with that and he wants his money back. You would think that this part would come into play a lot more. Uh, that it would tie into Mimisiku and things like that. Uh, the... Uh, that doesn't happen really. Um, the only thing that happens is that Steven is preoccupied by trying to get the money back and then Mimisiku feels uh, left behind and he goes his own way basically. But that, that's literally all that happens and they get the money back and they give the money and that part of the plot is over. Um, so it, it's a weird turn for this movie. I don't know why they went with that but I guess they just needed to have something, whatever. Uh, anyways, but meanwhile, while um, Richard and <clears throat> and Steven are trying to get the money back, um, because Steven can't take care of Mimisiku at that point, he just puts him with, uh, with Richard's family, like his wife and his son and daughter. And of course, the daughter, Sophie, falls in love with Mimisiku. Um, the parents find out they want to send her to a boarding school because she's uh, misbehaving. And Mimisiku basically runs away with her and they're trying to find them. And they just end up in the police station and, and that's pretty much it. Uh, so yeah, that takes care of the entire plot that happens in Paris. Uh, Mimisiku feels like he wants to be with his mother again. So he goes back to the tribe, leaving his dad in Paris. Um... Meanwhile, his dad tries to uh, tries to sell the soybeans and the price goes up again. So he's quote-unquote rich again. And he gets offered a new job, but on the way to the airport, he realizes that he rather spent time with his son. So, so he goes back to somewhere around Venezuela. It's Lopi Lopi, I believe the village is called for the tribe. Um... So yeah, he goes back there and Richard and his family also uh, come with him, taking Sophie with them, of course, so Mimisiku and Sophie can be together. So that's the entire uh, plot of the movie. So how does that tie into a video game, you might think? Well, let's see. Let's see how that goes. Let's dive into the gameplay part of the actual game. Controls are simple because it's a platformer. The A button jumps, the B button shoots blowing darts, which is basically the main thing uh, Mimisiku uses in the movie to 
hunt animals and things like that. Uh, Down plus A will release Maitiki, which is his pet spider, uh, but you have to collect him first throughout the stages uh, to use him. Um, select plus the direction on the D-pad moves the camera so you can look upwards and downwards to where the platforms are. And start, of course, pauses the game. In the game, you can pick up a few items. Uh, during the first stages, you will see all these pans floating in the sky. Um, these are uh, your normal collectibles. If you grab 10 of these, you get to heal one heart. Um, you start off with three hearts, you can go up to five. But if you take damage, you need 10 of these pans to heal one heart. You might be thinking, why? Are there pans and why do I need to collect them? Well, that's actually a reference to the movie uh, where the men from the Amazonian tribe give women pans as a sign of affection, like the same way that we would give flowers to, to show a sign of affection. In the tribe, they just give pans. Like it's a joke that comes into play during the movie, yada yada, but <laughs> apparently they thought it was a good idea to use those as the items. Um, later on, these bands get replaced, however, by what I believe are to be paint tubes uh, for like for for painting on a. How do you call that actually? Well, to make a painting, whatever. Uh, I'm not sure how you how you call it. Um, and this might be a reference to Steven's fiance who paints in one scene of the movie. Like, I don't know what it is. It, it could also be glue tubes. I have no idea what they are. Like, again, without the manual, I'm, I'm not exactly sure. Um, but as they use the pads before, I think they use paint tubes. Uh, in later stages or something like that. Uh, you can also find sleeping darts. That's a little bit of ammunition for your blowing pipe because yes, you can run out of uh, <clears throat> ammunition for that. Um, and of course, like I said before, there's Maitika, Maitiki, Maiti, whatever. It's a spider um, and the spider can be used to freeze all enemies on screen. Um, so they get afraid and they stop in their tracks. Again, another reference to the movie where uh, my, my Tika or my Tiki uh, is his pet spider. And it, uh, yeah, it, <laughs> it comes into play in many scenes, of course, as you can imagine. So, all right, let's go over the stages. This game has 10 uh, levels, I would say, uh, kind of comprised into five different sections, each with two uh, stages tied to them. Of course, we start off in the jungle. Simple enough, because that's where uh, the movie kind of starts as well. So in the jungle, you make your way through different screens, doing some very, very standard platforming, trying to find your mom, uh, I believe. I think it's his mom. Uh, once you've reached your mom, the stage ends. Uh, and like I said, there are two short stages. During these stages, you will have to fend off hedgehogs. I don't know why there are hedgehogs in... Uh, in the jungle. Uh, snakes and birds. So those are your main enemies. You can jump on everything except of course for the hedgehog, uh, but you can just shoot them with your blow dart to get them out of the way. Jumping on enemies does nothing by the way. It does not do any damage, but you can use them as a platform. So yeah, after we made our way through the jungle, we end up in the Eiffel Tower. Again, that's a reference to the movie where uh, <clears throat> 
where uh, Mimisiku actually wants to go to Paris to see uh, the Eiffel Tower. Um, so we start traversing upwards through the Eiffel Tower and we are fighting against pigeons, construction workers and some guy who throws a hat. I don't know why, but he's there. I think there's also a guy who like lops some cement at you or something like that. I don't know. They're, they're construction workers. I don't know what the hat guy is, though. He, he doesn't look like a construction worker to you. But yeah, this is a very vertical stage uh, or vertical two stages where you're trying to go uh, upwards through the Eiffel Tower until you find your dad, who is actually called by Mimisuku Baboon. Uh, yes, like the... Uh, is a baboon a monkey or an ape? I am not sure. It's a simian. Right? That's always correct. <laughs> I hope so. Uh, but yeah, he calls him Baboon because everybody in the tribe saw his hairy chest and it made them uh, think of a baboon. So everybody calls him Baboon. Um, so yeah, that's the Eiffel Tower. It's, it's very vertical. There's a lot of springs you have to take to go to higher platforms. And of course, because of the birds, there's poop platforms that you can slip on if you're not careful. But... All in all, it's a very easy thing to get through. So, after the Eiffel Tower, what will we do next? We go to a minecart level. Of course we do. Just like in the movie. It It's not in the movie. I have no idea where this comes from. At all. Um, this is a minecart section. It has, again, two levels. And they're all super, super short, so... Before you even saw that it was there, it will be over. So in this minecart section, you will be avoiding giant Frankenstein's monster's hands, because of course, right? Um, there will be huge bats and skeletons. And all you have to do is jump over the gaps, don't fall down, until you reach probably Sophie at the end. I think this character that they're representing is Sophie, like I said, that's the love interest of Mimisiku uh, in the movie. Moving on from the minecart, we suddenly drop with our canoe in the Seine, which is a French river, of course. I don't know how to pronounce it in, uh, in French or English. Uh, so I'm just saying it in, in half Dutch, half English, I guess. Seine. Uh, so yeah, that's that's a French river. So this is another scrolling section where you cross the river while avoiding birds that poop eggs on you. You can, however, also shoot them down because you can shoot diagonally upwards, which is a little awkward uh, because you have to aim it correctly. There's also some, and I always pronounce this word wrong, uh, buoy. I think it's just pronounced buoy in English, right? Um, and there's also some dudes on the shore spitting at you. Who are these dudes? Why are they spitting at you? I have no idea. But they are for certainly there. Uh, and again, you can shoot diagonally downwards to hit these people. Um, you can also collect some nice little fishies that jump out of the water. These will help you regain your health. And you will keep on rowing until you finally meet up with Richard two times. So, Steven's partner. After these two amazing uh, auto-scrolling stages, and technically you can call the minecart levels auto-scrollers as well, I believe, so we've had four auto-scrolling levels. We end up back in the jungle in uh, Lopi Lopi or, or 
whatever it's called. Um, so yeah, you revisit the jungle. You are greeted with the same enemies as last time, but they added a new, more annoying enemy, the monkeys that throw what I believe are coconuts, but that's probably not true because I don't think there's even coconut trees there. Um, but yeah, they are the most annoying enemy in the game. It's really hard to hit them and you can only uh, hit them if you can jump high enough to even get there. Um, this level goes from the left to the right and then back from the right to the left while jumping on platforms and avoiding these darn monkeys that get in your way. Um, in my opinion, this is the hardest stage, definitely casually. Um, I died a lot because I did not know how to handle the monkeys. And your ammunition in this level is very sparse, so you have to uh, make sure you use it on the correct enemies. Um, so yeah, you keep on going until you, of course, find Baboon again. Everything is fine, everything is happy, and... Let's end the game with another auto-scroller. We get dropped in the Venezuelan river, which is probably part of the Amazon river or some other river uh, around that area. And we are auto-scrolling to the end again while avoiding more pooping birds. Piranhas that jump out of the water, not to be confused with the good fish, because you still need those for health. And of course, alligators. Um, same deal as with uh, the levels on the Santa. You just keep going to the right until you reach the end. You see Baboon, you touch Baboon, and the game ends. With a screenshot. And no music. Yes, that is indeed the end. Alright, sounds interesting. That probably does not sound very interesting, but all in all, this is a pretty mediocre but decent platforming game. Sadly, it does have technically five auto-scrolling stages, which make it a little bit more annoying to get through. Uh, I don't know why they went with that many of them. It was totally not needed. The minecart stage comes out of nowhere because it has no... Excuse me because it has no connection to the movie whatsoever. Um, and from what I can pick up by just looking at this game without knowing the plot of the actual game, I would think that Steven and Richard are already in trouble with the Russian mob and that they're coming after uh, Mimi Siku uh, to get their money back. And that's where most of the enemies come from. Like the guy spitting at you uh, on the dock and things like that. Because again, it they don't even meet up in the movie, like the mop and, and the sun. So I, I don't even know <laughs> what, what is going on. But I guess they had to make a game out of something. Uh, so... I'm gonna assume that's what they went with. Um, actually, let's just look at the cover art because it does have some stuff on the back um, and it, it is in English, uh, but it doesn't explain much either. So um, the back of the box has like this dialogue between uh, Steven and Mimi. They call him Steph for some reason, but it is Steve. Well, it's Steve, right? It's Steve. Um, so let me just go through that. So this is from the back of the box. So, um, so I'll, I'll just, 
each, yeah, not each sentence is something else, but I guess it will make sense. So, uh, Steven is the first one who starts talking. So, uh, hello, is that you, Mimi? Listen carefully, it's Daddy. Baboon! Uh, yeah, this is Baboon. Listen carefully. With your new friend and his Game Boy, you must cross 10 huge levels with traps, baddies, and wild animals. Like, my Tika? My Tika? Oh, you mean your spider. Uh, no, my Tika will help you because she will scare off the baddies. But my Tika very kind. Y yeah, I know, but they don't know that. Mimi not scared of baddies. Mimi shoots dart at enemy. Enemy Betty buys. Yeah, I, I know, but be careful. The number of darts you have is limited. Eh, Mimi find plenty of darts on road. Quakatepe, baboon. Quakatepe, Mimi, and good luck. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's it. Quakatepe uh, is like... <sighs> promise or something? So it's just a thing they say against each other to promise uh, stuff, so... Or to wish each other good, good luck or whatever. So yeah, that doesn't explain much either, to be honest. So uh, yeah, just go with with what I came up with, I guess. Um, so looking at the cover art for the front, it's literally the movie poster. Uh, there, there's nothing more to say. That if you just look up Anadia de la Ville uh, on IMDb or something, you'll see the movie poster or you'll see uh, the Game Boy cover. It just has the actors on top, Richard and, and Steve. It has the logo on Andia de la Ville in the middle. And at the bottom you see Mimi, Mimi Siku walking uh, on the Champs-Elysees between cars looking upwards. Uh, and that's pretty much it. There, there's nothing more I can say about it. It's literally the movie poster, so uh, they did not put much effort into that as well. Oh, uh, just like the entire game, basically, uh, as it is with Titus. It works, but it could have been a lot better, for sure. So yeah, that's about everything I can uh, say about this game, really. it's. I would recommend checking it out, because it's a game that you probably have never heard of, especially because it's, it's very French-oriented. That oriented, orientated, one of those words that is actually correct, or maybe another word. Um, so yeah, I doubt it. It would have left a great impression overseas for sure, or even throughout Europe. Um, it does have a lot of languages on here, but I think it just starts in English, so you can't even uh, choose your own language during the game. So. But yeah, you don't need a language, it's a super standard platformer anyways. So, I got some trivia though. Uh, the movie got an American remake called Jungle to Jungle. That's probably something most people uh, do know or recognize. Um, it was basically written by the same person who uh, wrote the French version, but then in cooperation with an American writer. And this movie uh, stars Tim Allen as... I don't think he's called Steve in that one, doesn't really matter, and it has Martin Short as his partner, Richard, who I believe is still called Richard, to be honest. Um, so yeah, before I started this episode, I watched both movies. 
Um, and basically because the original is only in French and it's probably hard to find it with English subtitles, even though I did manage to do that. Um, if you want to see this movie but are limited by your knowledge of French, and I must say I know French but following this movie in French was really hard um, because they talk so fast that I couldn't even hear half the things that they were saying. So I was lucky to find some uh, some subtitles. But I would just say watch Jungle to Jungle. Um, it's basically the same quality as the French version. Um, it basically also has the exact same plot um, with the same jokes even. Um, it's, it's actually very cool to see how similar the movies are but it does start to differ when it comes to the russian mob plot um like you can see that they went the american version went more in on that where there is interaction between the families and mimisiku and the mob and things like that and not just a side thing that just happens um, but basically the start up until the middle point and is virtually the same as the uh, the original version. The end is the same as the original version, but the little piece in between uh, is a little bit different uh, and probably better than it would be in the French version. But yeah, if you know French and or you have subtitles available, um, just check them both out just to see how similar they are. Oh, yeah. That's about all the trivia we have. I couldn't find any reception in media because, again, this is a French game that probably nobody knew about, even, <laughs> outside of French. Like, even the movie was not really familiar to me. Uh, well, Jungle to Jungle was, but not the original movie even though we do get a lot of French movies and things like that here in Belgium on TV. Uh, but it's, this is definitely one that just uh, flew on by here. So, yeah. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's about all I have to say about this game, except probably my own thoughts and history uh, with it uh, to, to round everything up. So, again... I have no history with the game or the original movie like I mentioned before. Uh, I'm pretty sure that I did see Jungle to Jungle because the title alone was already recognizable for me. And when I saw the plot of this movie, I was like, huh, I've seen this million times before, apparently. Because um, this is not a super original story or anything. There's, there's many movies like this. Um, so yeah, I did not know the game existed either until I ran across it during Portable Pleasure, like usual. Um, I thought it was an okay game, but nothing special that uh, that really jumps out in the vast library of way better platforming games on the system. Um, it is just unique in that it's a really French-based game about a French movie. It, it is it is weird that this game exists. Let uh, let us say it like that. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm just really surprised this movie got made into a game because there's like way better French movies that could be games. Um, like I, I'm, 
the Asterix movies, of course, there's a lot of, of Asterix and Obelix games already out there, but I'm sure there's like other uh, pure French IPs that could have made a better game. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say better game. I would, yeah, I don't know. It It's just very weird to me that this particular movie uh, got a game. Uh, adaptation uh, so in that regards this is a very unique game and definitely something you should play because it's super easy you can probably finish it in about 30 minutes the first time around so uh, definitely check it out because it's very much not well known I'm not sure about the price of this game on the internet I'm not even sure if I have a copy myself at this point um, I doubt it will be very expensive though but it might be because it's it's again low uh, <clears throat> low amounts of uh, cartridges were made, so yeah, maybe you can get lucky. Maybe you can get lucky. All right, so that about wraps up this part of the episode. Um, let's listen to another song of this fine game, and after that, uh, we'll say my goodbyes like always, and be right back. Welcome back everybody. Hope you enjoyed that somber somber song unless that's Unless Lex picked up something that's not somber at all, but again, I feel like this is a very somber uh, Soundtrack, so yeah Like always if you have any thoughts and suggestions You can always reach out to us on many many different platforms um, You can always comment of course on our SoundCloud track itself or on our YouTube channel but you can also find each of us on our own social uh, media platforms, of course. For me, that would be on my Twitch, on my Twitter, on my YouTube, or on my Instagram, all slash Moole, which is M-O-E-L-L-E-U-H. Um, you can find my partner in crime, E-Bloody Candy, who will be back next time, um, on Twitch, on Twitter, on YouTube, and of course on Instagram and probably something else as well. All as e bloody candy. Very easy, very easy. And you can find the person to blame for this episode, Sprinting Lex, um, on her Twitch page, Sprinting Lex, on Twitter, Sprinting Lex, on YouTube as Lex, and of course on her own website, SprintingLex.com, uh, where you can also find the other projects that she is doing, like the manuals. That I mentioned before, if you have the manual for Un Edier dans la Ville, please scan it and drop it on the website so everybody can take a look at it. You can also, of course, join our Discord. There will be a link for that on our website. This is this is Gameboy.com. Um, find a link to our Discord there. It's a very fun Discord for sure. 
Um, we have a lot of people sharing their interests, not only about Game Boy in particular, but also like Game Boy Color and Game Boy Advance. Uh, some really cool artists that drop their uh, their works there, uh, and just some random memeing, of course, because you can't have a Discord without memeing. You have to meme all the memes all the time. That is also the place to be to see which episodes are coming up and to drop any questions that you might have uh, about those episodes. So come and take a look over there. Uh, if you want to support us by doing more than just listening, liking, sharing, anything else that you are doing so far, um, but if you want to support us with some money, you can do that as well. We, of course, have a Patreon, which you can get to, just patreon.com slash thisisgameboy, where you can subscribe to two tiers, uh, $1 one and a $5 one, I believe, that gives you access to some bonus content, like bloopers, uh, special channels in our Discord, and uh, access to our episode notes, and also early access to the little side project that me and EBC are doing called Hunt Hunters, where we play through some spoopy games for you all to enjoy. Um, that's a YouTube show, of course, so you can follow right along with the game. I've heard that many of our listeners are not really into the horror genre. Don't be scared. We make it fun. Well, hopefully. We, we're having fun at least, uh, but we also do some like horror inspired games that are more funny than they are uh, actual horror games. So it's always a fun time to check it out. And we actually have one coming up very shortly called Fishing Vacation, which is a Game Boy inspired because it's on Steam. It's it's not actually a ROM or anything like that, but it's a a Game Boy horror game about fishing. So... Yeah, be sure to check that out when it comes out for free. But if you want early access to it, you can always uh, join up in the Discord. If a monthly subscription plan is not something for you, but you do want to support us, we also have a PayPal where you can, of course, uh, drop a small donation or a big donation. I don't, I don't know what what kind of money you have flying around to to throw at us, uh, but you can uh, also support us through there. And if you do that, please let us know if you are in our Discord with your username so we can give you access to the uh, special channels as well, of course. Because um, we do want to give you some benefits, but it's hard to, uh, to tie those things together when it comes to PayPal, so that is not working. Um, do you want some merch, though? Uh, you give us money, you get something back. We have merch. You can get there from merch.thisisgameboy.com. Uh, at the moment, we just have our normal logo shirt up in three colors. Uh, dark green, dark gray, and light gray. And we also have our uh, logo on a mug. If you like drinking things from a mug, you can pick up a mug from our merch store. And there might be a new t-shirt coming out soon to celebrate our 100th episode. So definitely keep an eye on that. I'm not going to spoil what it is. I'm actually still working on it, so I, <laughs> I can't spoil it anyways. Uh, but yeah, keep a lookout on that or on our socials uh, to see when that drops. Speaking of our socials, you can, of course, find us on Twitter. 
uh, just at this is Game Boy Podcast. Now I'm not sure. It might be. Either way, there's probably also a link to that on our website, which you can easily access on thisisgameboy.com, of course. All right, I think that's about it, right? I think I've went through all of our selling out uh, things. Uh, we're, we're sadly still not sponsored by Raid, uh, Shadow Legends, or uh, G Fuel, so uh, can't really mention that. I guess I can, I can mention our quote-unquote partner, RGL TV, Retro Gaming Live TV, uh, where we are. Well, we're working together with them. We're doing our live episodes through there. We also are there as staff members to uh, to help with hosting some events or streaming ourselves on that website. So definitely go check out Retro Gaming Live TV on Twitch. Uh, if you want to see more of me, EBC, and all the other members of RGL. So yeah, that's about it. I'm going to sign off with this. Next time, I promise, this time it's true, you will be hearing me and EBC again, or seeing, if you're watching the live show, uh, on Beavis and Butthead for Game Boy. I hope to see you all there. Later, man. It's a simian, right?